It's time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you on this Thursday afternoon. Week's all messed up with the Tigers. It feels like we've gotten into a habit of them playing on Thursday nights. Then they got a Wednesday night game this week. So my week's all thrown off. Johnny Hill producing us as always. But the Tigers in that game last night, a big win at home over Charlotte to get back uh, to their winning way. So we'll talk a lot about that today throughout the show. Uh, But Brett, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, Brian. Last night, any dream scenario of of a four and one, three and two down the stretch mm-hmm. had to have last night in it. Yeah, no, you had to had to win last night if you wanted to. I you know I think even you know talk about a winning record over these last five games. It had to start with a win at home last night over Charlotte, and and they got the job done and and made it look pretty easy at the end of that game. So I think uh, certainly a positive night at FedEx Forum. It was a big one tonight in the American, I, and I really don't know who should we be pulling for. SMU and FAU tonight in the standings, FAU in, in third. They got the tie break right now over SMU. FAU's 10 and 3, SMU's 10 and 3, but the tie break goes to FAU. Mm-hmm. Who should we be pulling for? Does it matter? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it really matters much. I, I guess if you want to try to sell yourself on the Tigers play really hot down the stretch and, you know, try to get to that four, which seems almost impossible, you would need a team like SMU to, you know, only win one more or, or win yep. no more and, down and the stretch. Done seeing them and got to see FAU twice. Right. So I, I think you would want to root for SMU, but I, I really don't think it matters that much. I don't either. I, Cause I, I don't think a, a third, place at the AAC tournament is is really likely fourth maybe but I don't think highly likely no and I I think I think if you want that fourth spot you're going to need to start rooting for for teams like Charlotte teams like SMU to start falling apart so that might be where you uh where you root for uh for FAU tonight to to beat SMU today the Tigers would be the six but North Texas hadn't played 14 games yet, and they have the tiebreak over Memphis, and they don't meet again. There's no return game to Memphis. That game down there is is it this year. But last night was good. What was it like in the building? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the people that were there were uh, were certainly into it, and uh, you know, especially when the when the Tigers were rolling, it was one of those. It felt like one of those where. Um, the people that were in attendance last night wanted the team to know that they were still behind them. A lot of standing ovations at different times. A lot of you know people getting really loud at different points. I know like when when Malcolm got introduced into the starting lineup, there was a a big um, ovation for him um, at different points during the game when the Tigers go on a run. It got really you know energetic in there, and so I you know it, it seemed like a lot of empty seats last night. And I think you know, even Jason Munns tweeted that out last night of you know if. If you wanted some sort of response to to Memphis Memphis's lack of effort on Sunday, it's you, know, you kind of see it in the lack of people that have shown up tonight. But the people that were there were were certainly engaged and in, in, into that game last night. Yeah, and it was never in doubt. The, the late great Jack Eaton could say the only thing in doubt <laughs> is the margin of the Tigers' yeah. victory. Really, from when they got the earliest lead, and mm-hmm. from then on, it was all Memphis in the second half uh, was really easy. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and and I think uh, you know Memphis had a game at halftime. Sure, yeah, and I think uh, you know Memphis's defense stepped up, and and for Charlotte, just came out really flat in the second half, and and uh, really struggled. I mean, you know, thirty two percent from the field in the uh, in the second half after shooting, you know, a blistering fifty eight percent from the from the field in the first half, and and shot about fifty five percent from three in that half. And this is not a good Charlotte, you know, three point shooting team, but they were lighting it up early in the second half. Just couldn't get anything going. Came out really flat. Their point guard, who's also the leading scorer, had three fouls early. I mean, early, early, um, and had to sit on the bench most really of the fast. first half, and and really could never get into a rhythm. Um, you know, with a mix of not being able to be out there, and you know, Tigers kind of matched him with length, kind of a smaller point guard. Uh, but no, I thought I thought a really really good game from the Tigers. If the Tigers win out the next four and finish twenty three and eight. You and Johnny both had twenty three and eight in the preseason. Wow. I had twenty four and seven. Wow. I cannot get to twenty four wins. No, no in the no, regular no. season. No, 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 you cannot. But hey, you know, Johnny, if they keep rolling, keep playing hot. I mean, we're we're in business. Yeah, we could be, man. We, we, we could keep be rooting on those wins. And Johnny, the big winner last night, um, the in, veritable uh, Tiger, Tiger savant these days. Johnny Hill, <laughs> nine straight wins on Tiger bankroll. Very impressive, Johnny. Nine straight wins. You are 16 and 11 picking Tiger games wow. this year when we pick against the point spread with that nine straight. And it's been a mix. You've been, you've, you've been on the Tigers. You've been, uh, against them. You've been able to catch up with them, you know, in just about everything. Uh, the Tigers on the year last night takes their point spread record to 10 and 17, takes mm. the regular season record to 19 and 8. Wow. Yeah, man. I just felt like it was an opportunity for them to show some pride, especially after losing so bad the, mm-hmm. the game the game before and everybody was on them. They, I just felt like, man, ain't no way they're going to come out lackluster and get booed at, at home. Yeah. Right, that last was, year. That was going to happen. When yeah. you were so torrid last year with Tiger Bankroll, you went 26-9, and nine, counting the regular season, 31 games, three at Dickies, one in the tournament. I believe so. Does that add up? Yeah, Maybe. I think so. I yeah, I think that's right. No, I mean we had a good year. That's last thirty-five. Year. Yeah, twenty-six and nine. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's just this team is so hard to figure out. And, For everyone, uh, I, I mean, agree. You get you get a game like you had Sunday against SMU, and I I think SMU is a good team, but I do not think they're a team that should be handling Memphis the way they did on Sunday. You get a game like that, and then turn around and have a game like this um, where the the Tigers dominate, and you know it just seems like you know every couple of games it's like that, and so hard to trust this team, and and hard to really get a a, uh, a grasp on on you know how they are in terms of, of picking against their spreads. Yeah, you're 11 and 16 against spread, Brian. I'm 15 and 12. We mm-hmm. both had Charlotte last yeah. night, so we we've got to recoup. FAU on Sunday at ECU, home against UAB, and then the last regular season game of the year at at FAU. And I, I I'm beginning to doubt how good FAU is. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe we'll get a, a glimpse of that tonight. And you know I've been able to see FAU uh, when I can this year, but certainly they've had their struggles in in this conference, and uh, you know, and and some some losses that are some eyebrow raiser uh, in in non conference. You know, the Bryant loss sticks out, but also you know have wins against Arizona, Arizona. You know, <laughs> so another kind of team hard to figure out, and, and a big game for them tonight against SMU as they get ready. For this game, and, and should be if you know Memphis can take this confidence, take what they did last night against Charlotte into that game on Sunday against FAU. I think it's going to be a a incredible game. 
Dusty May and a lot of these job openings, mm-hmm. coaching searches, from his background, I would be shocked if he's not the the candidate at Indiana if Mike Woodson retires or they move on from Mike Woodson. Yeah, it seems like uh, that is the job that he wants. It seems like uh, Indiana people want him, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of now he's in one of those games of. Well, you know, and hopefully he has somebody on the inside that can give him a good gauge of it because, you know, he's kind of sitting there with, you know, job opportunities that are going to be out there this offseason. I think he will be a top candidate at a lot of these places. But do you want to kind of wait around and hope that Indiana comes open or, or you know, maybe go after a job like Ohio State or, or, or something else that might open up this offseason? So, you know, I would, I would be surprised if he's back next year. You know, maybe if, you know, he hears – Indiana, give him one more year or something. Maybe he comes back for another year and and you know waits for that. Hope, hope tries to wait it out for that Indiana job. But you know I, I do think he's going to be uh, coaching one of these you know in one of these high major uh, conferences next year. If he leaves, we never hear about FAU again, do we? <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, we certainly might not. I mean when you get a coach like that in there and you know can I think. We remember back to that run they went on last year, and everybody was pretty much saying, oh, you know, after this run is over, all of these guys are going to leave. All of these guys are going to have high major offers or, you know, NBA, you know, good feedback from the NBA, and, and this team's going to be nothing next year. And, you know, Dusty May is able to, to keep that team intact, and, and I think that is huge about, you know, the coach and, and being able to bring those guys back and building kind of that culture. And uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, it'd be hard to replace a guy like Dusty Mays, but, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I didn't expect USF to make a hire like they did. So, I mean, you can make a hire. I didn't either. There, but, That's right. Uh, but I, I would be surprised if they're, you know, the same type of team after after he leaves them. Since the final four run in 06 for George Mason, that was Jim Laranega, they, mm-hmm. they've been to two NC tournaments since. And didn't didn't make any noise. Went in 08 and mm-hmm. 2011. Yeah. Butler, they they were good life after Brad Stevens, sure. but nothing like that. And Virginia Commons been good life after Shaka, but nothing, but nothing like, Shaka. like that. No, and it's just it's so hard. I mean, when you get these almost once in a lifetime coaches that end up going mm-hmm. on and being great coaches, and you know it's just so hard to to replace those type of guys. And so you know, hopefully for their sake, they can you know, be one of those teams that you'll see them in the tournament here or there. But, you know, I, I doubt we see the, the sort of run and the sort of hype around FAU programs um, that, we, that we are seeing right now. I mean, I would, I would say I think that George Mason um, comparison is a, is a really good one. All right, one of the places I get TV ratings news, uh, y- y- y'all tell me, you and Johnny tell me, if you saw a headline that said 18% bump, mm. would you think good, flattering, not good. What? Uh, I'd say I'd say pretty good. Eighteen percent bump. I'd say yeah, pretty that's good. pretty good. Yeah. If you saw a headline that had least watched, uh, what would you think? Oh, that's I, bad. I would think. I would think <laughs> that's bad. terrible. Yeah. All right. One of the places I go for TV ratings news. He makes no bones about it. He mm. loves the NBA mm. and hates hates college football and baseball. Really? Really? Wow. <laughs> so the. 18% ball headline was for the NBA All-Star Game rating Sunday night. Okay. Which they, it was factually sure. an 18% bump Absolutely. from the year before. Yeah. But that's a very kind of favorable headline, right? right? Yeah, right. Yeah. The TV viewing for Monday night for the or for Sunday night for the All-Star Game in primetime was 4 million. Okay. 
And that headline was attached to 18% bump. Okay. Now, I'm with him on this next board. I'm not much on it, especially how arrogant as, as they were around the turn from the 20th to the 21st century. But for the Daytona 500 that had to be run on Monday, mm-hmm. yeah. on Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock, three basically, o'clock, yeah. it got the least watched headline. Really? How many, how many people you think watch it? Four million for the All Star Game that got the headline eighteen percent bump. Least watched. How, how many you think it got? I got it. I mean, I was watching now, it. It, 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 it is factual that it was the least watched. Okay. I ooh, I don't know how much the Daytona usually gets. I know it's big, but on a Monday afternoon, I'm gonna say it's a little more. How about five million? How about that? How about six? Whoa! It beat the All Star Game by two million wow. viewers, Dang. and the All Star Game with all of that yeah. wow. around the NBA and about the coziest media sure. one could dream sure. of. Absolutely. Did could, could you name and, and I can't I, I can't either, could you name anybody that was on the front row at the Daytona Five Hundred? Man, I couldn't name you nobody. No. No. Any drivers? In, uh, me? Uh, I mean, I watched it. I should, uh, but I can't. I can't right now. No. I, 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 I seriously can't tell you who won. Uh, I and I can't either. I watched it, and I don't remember who won. I know two racers that I bet on. They wrecked into each other on the last last lap. So mm-hmm. I had a top five and a top ten. They, you bet. You they, bet on the Daytona Five Hundred. I did. I did. Brett, I bet on the Daytona Five Hundred. What did you bet? Right. Do we have that uh, 800 number handy? Uh-huh. I, I have it in my back <laughs> pocket said, all the time. <laughs> I keep it. I keep it handy. Yeah. I man. gave him that number, Brett. Front know. row Joe Nemechek. Uh, yeah. Does he still drive? I, I don't think so. No. No. Buddy Parsons? I know. I know Ricky Stenthouse drives. Lily? Junior. That's the only, about the only name I got. Six million viewers for wow. the Daytona 500 on Monday afternoon on Fox and on Sunday night in prime time on the NBA's channel, TNT. Four million. Wow. Wow. And those headlines were were close to each other? Were they like on the same screen or did you see those different places? Because I would love for those no, the, to be. They, they, were, they were at different parts. Oh, okay. But Good. Th- this person that compiles all this, sure. and it, it, it's accurate. He, he, sure. It's kind of the, he, he, was, he, he was there at the All-Star Game cover. The most favorable mm. coverage you can mm. dream of. And and eighteen percent bump. I would I would love I would have loved to like go to a website and see those stories like right next to each other and it's like eighteen percent jump here and lowest ever and then you click on them and the lowest ever is more than the eighteen percent jump that would have and been great. and the least watched in, in in the body of the story did did sure. elaborate on this right. was because of the Monday uh, right. run because of the weather on Sunday at Daytona. Yeah, no, and that was uh, it was an interesting day. I mean, you no, had but I can remember. I, oh, I can remember when the NASCAR crowd really thought. <laughs> man, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it's football, NFL mm. one, NASCAR two. We're ahead Ooh. of the. We're ahead of baseball. Oh man, it's, yeah, it's it's fun to watch those uh, the the NASCAR, especially Daytona. Always the big you get the big wreck every time. You had a big one on Monday. Ooh. Scary. Four games Scary left stuff. for the Tigers. Two on the road, two at yep. home. What's your four game record? Oh man. Um. Hmm, okay. So two against FAU and then East Carolina and UAB. Mm-hmm. I will say two and two. How about that? I'm going to say two and two. All right. Because I was at three and two when this was bandied about Monday and into mm-hmm. Tuesday. I think Monday, Dave asked Jason Mons. Yeah. Jason gave him a clear, direct answer. He thought one and four. Yep. 
we asked Dave on Tuesday. Dave said, I knew y'all were going to ask me that. Uh-huh. Knew I was going to ask him that. And he said he thought three and two, right? Or yeah. did he say four and one? I think he said three and two. And no, I think he said four and one. Okay, perfect. And I, I said, I don't know that I can go there, but I can go three and two. I, I can sure get there three and two. And yeah, I'm not discount. I'm not discounting. Uh, I wouldn't discount four and one. And I wouldn't discount one and four with this team. Right. I mean, it's it, it's that hard to get a handle on. But I, I think the rest of the way, two and two, and the the easy two in that, you would think, would be at East Carolina and yeah. home against UAB. Sure, absolutely. And so, I mean, I think... Anything above that is kind of great. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I to think, get seriously back in at large talk, do they have to go four and oh? Brett, I think they have to go four and oh. And yeah, make, I do. Make to Sunday? I at Dickies, uh, in Fort Worth, maybe maybe Saturday, but Saturday for um, sure. I, I think I think Saturday for sure, and then you're kind of you know. But I, I I think you know you still win these four games. If you get picked off first game at, at Dickies, you're you're done on I Thursday. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think even Friday, I think you're done. I think you would have to get to Saturday. I agree. Or Sunday. Um, for, and, and I think it's big. All right, all right go four and zero. Oh. And I've, I've said this through the years. I think it's big to be advancing mm-hmm. while in the kind of the big committee room, all the TV set up and people sauntering by and looking at, at spreadsheets mm-hmm. and looking at quads and looking at, uh, um, who's our guy we like now? Uh, for, for what? Not Warren Nolan, but the other guy. Torvik. Oh, Bart Torvik, yeah. Bart, yeah, Bart yeah. Tor- you're looking at Bart Torvik and maybe, maybe got Bart Torvik on speed maybe. dial. I don't oh, know. That'd be great. And, and checking in live with Bart Torvik and Jerry Palm and, uh-huh. and checking in with all of them. Oh, that, you know, Memphis played one today on Friday. Oh, that, look, Memphis is playing yeah. again on Saturday. I, I think that the, the human nature aspect sure. of it, it has to come in. Human beings. Hey, here's a master of the obvious comment. They will default to being human beings. Sure, uh, every time, every time. And so I think you know if you can go on a win streak and you know you you pick up a couple games, I think that's what you know people recognize. They recognize long win streaks. And so if you can get four, you know five, they'd be five going into you know, the conference. You, you, you six, watch up. You, yeah. you watch a Sports Center hit, and Seth Greenberg naturally, honestly, would be saying, "Look out, Penny Hardaway's team's getting absolutely. hot at the right time." Absolutely. That's in people's heads. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right about that. It's a little bit like these headlines. 18% bump. Sure. Or least watched. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's just human nature. And I think, uh, you know, if the Tigers can, can keep winning and, and, and build some confidence, I think that's definitely good for them. Uh, but they've got a lot of work to do. Well, let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, we'll get back into the Tigers conversation with their win over Charlotte, a 76-52 to victory over the 49ers. We'll talk about that game uh, and the next game uh, this weekend against Florida Atlantic. At 3.45, we'll do something fun, top 10 active college basketball coaches that have not won a title. So those coaches that are still out there, maybe so hanging that, around. That knocks out Bob Huggins. It knocks mm-hmm. out John Chaney. Yep. knocks out Eddie Sutton. knocks out, you know, uh, Lefter to sell. Yeah. Right now, coaching today. Yeah, so that will be a lot of fun. Knocks out Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, yep. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that at 345 Top 10 Active 
college coaches that have not won a title in college basketball. Four o'clock, Keith Smith will join us from Track and the front office show to talk some NBA as we've got games uh, starting today. A lot of action tonight, and then the Grizzlies, um, they're back tomorrow night. Another good slate of games tomorrow night. 4.30, we'll talk some college basketball. A big night of college basketball last night in addition to what the Tigers did. Um, chaos down in Baton Rouge. Uh, Mississippi State gets a win at home over Ole Miss. We'll talk a lot of college basketball at 4.30. 4.45, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, Greg Gaston, he'll join us to talk Tigers. He was on the ESPN Plus broadcast last night for Tigers and 49ers, so we'll talk a lot about that game last night and this weekend's big game against FAU. 5.30, we'll get to what's trending at 5.45. We'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Uh, let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. Get over there for the floor model sale. All floor model patio sets are priced to move. Wicker sofa set, under $2,000. Closeout patio cushions, as low as $25. Pool tables, under $1,500. Theater seating, under $2,000. And four-person hot, dub, hot tubs, now under $5,000. Infrared and traditional steam saunas, 25% off. Get ready for summer and purchase your above-ground pool now to get first in line for installation. And their special financing, it's still available, so get out to Family Leisure 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. He's Brian. I'm Brett. Our producer is Johnny Hill. We're Sports Time, and we're with you until 6 o'clock. And tomorrow we will be on remote at the Crazy Coop at 7199 Stage Road in Bartlett. We want you to come by and see us live. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. Great offers on all the 2024 models and always special leasing options. The one and only Lexus dealership in town, and you can call them at 901-334-9673. Drive in luxury and confidence, knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by today at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2024 flagship LS500, and you'll be looking, you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing, experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, my top story has to be what the Tigers did last night at home. A 76-52 to victory over Charlotte. And, you know, it looked like this team had a different energy about them. From you know early in the game, it seemed like everybody on the court, everybody on the bench was engaged, locked in. I was keeping my focus, especially early, on Jaquan Walton. He was, you know, started the game on the bench. And I wanted to see what was his energy like. What did he look like on the bench while other guys were starting without him. And he looked locked in. He was uh, energetic, engaged, uh, and then came in, got that technical foul immediately, which I was not a huge fan of. I know uh, Coach Hardaway after the game said he was, you know, he liked it. He liked him showing his emotions, stuff like that. I think Penny Hardaway would have felt a little bit differently if that had just been a technical foul on Walton and not a double tech on both players, which I, I was surprised they called a double technical on that. But uh, I thought this team played. Really, was something really said? Uh, no, I mean, they were just kind of pushing and, mm-hmm. and got in each other's face. But um, it, it looked like it was more um, Walton that, that kind of initiated it. And um, so I, I was And then backed it up. And then backed it up. You're right. And so a, a really good game from this team. I know uh, I know. Coach Hardaway talked a lot after the game about how you know this was different. It was more schematic. He had the whole game plan set before the game. And I will say, there was more movement. Guys were, were moving more, active more. They were talking more. But I 
think this game was won more defensively than it was offensively. And I think that's hard to say when you look at uh, a 76-52 win and a, uh, finished on a 10-0 run. But, you know, this Tigers team, like you said, Brett, it was a really close game at halftime. Charlotte, early in the game, um, was really having their way offensively. But in the second half, it was much different. Um, 32% shooting for Charlotte in that second half. They were 1-12 for 12 from 3 in the second half. They could not get anything going. Uh, their starting point guard only played three minutes in the first half because of those fouls, came back in, could not get into any rhythm. Memphis identified one of the guards for Charlotte, just could not shoot the three ball, and if he was wide open for three, he wasn't even going to attempt to take the three. So they left him open, and and at some points it felt like they were playing five on four, and so you know I thought really good game defensively for the Tigers, and I really thought that's where they won the game. Defensively and on the glass is where they got their advantage last night over Charlotte. Is there an odder head coach, football, basketball, coaching combination no. than Charlotte's? No, no, and I love them both. I mean, I can't I can't get enough of both of them. They're great. My top story, maybe the best Tigers win of the season last night at FedEx Forum. From the tip to the final horn and all points in between, maybe they found something. Mm. I think it's in the scriptures. It's in the, the, the book of Memphis Tigers basketball. <laughs> the son of Rodney Newsom shall mm. lead the way. Mm. Wearing number 20 like his famed dad used to wear and launch three-pointers. Joe Cooper providing the spark for the Tigers. And for one night, Javon Quinterly was not Quitterly, Mm. as he is being called on Twitter. That's right up there with Andre Turnover, (laughs) calling Javon Quinterly Javon Quitterly. It has to be sustained, Mm -hmm. and that's been the problem in the six years of Coach Hardaway. There have been high points. It's been a kind of EKG Got to get some consistency. Got to get some staying power. And and now, you know, it feels like it's worked out. It's felt like it's been worked out at other pivot points in the Penny Hardaway years mm-hmm. until it's not worked out. Yep. Not top story of the day. My not top story of the day. The NBA is back tonight. A really good slate of games, uh, I think, tonight with a couple of them being on TNT. We've got Suns and Mavs on TNT at 6.30. That should be a good one. Lakers-Warriors, 9 o'clock on TNT. That should be a fun one, even though LeBron James uh, will not play tonight. Some other really good games. Clippers and Thunder tonight at 7 o'clock should be a heck of a game. But now that we're back from All-Star Week, and even though it's not directly in the middle of the season, the first half and the second half, but this post-All-Star break is really when it's the important time. We're it's starting to figure out that downhill slide. We're figuring out who's going to be these teams that are going to be in the playoffs and who are these teams that can really make a run in the playoffs. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We talked a lot yesterday about right now the Lakers and the Warriors sitting there at 9-10. They play tonight, so maybe we'll get a preview of those play-in, that play-in Love fest between those two tonight. Oh, man, it will be great. But some really good games tonight. And now this is where you really need to lock in because this is the push. This is where that jockeying is really going to play out before we get to uh, to the playoffs. My not top story, never mind 12 teams, college football looking to go to 14 really fast. Remember, it was zero, then it was two, then it was four. We're going to have 12 for two years. Looks like we're going to be at 14 starting in 2026, and you know that won't take long before they eventually get to 16 and go beyond that. And the 14 is going to be all at large. It's going to be at large with at least four spots written into the deal guaranteed for Big Ten and SEC, and they could have more than that. They could have the guarantee four they each get. Well, that's eight out of 14, and they could gobble up three or four more 
of, of the rest of those. And and it, it could be seven, eight teams between those two, and, and a lot of times it will be. And by 2026, when both leagues are at 20 teams, and they will be, then you can get ready for them to want to ask for even more teams in a, a, maybe a 16-team field because I feel like it's only a matter of time before Clemson, Florida State, Notre Dame, and the U are in the Big Ten and in the SEC, North Carolina, Virginia, NC State, Virginia Tech, maybe West Virginia. We can't imagine what 2026 college football is going to look like. Now try to comprehend what 2036 college football will look like. Uh, Brett, I'm still trying to wrap my head over 2024 in college football. I mean, forget 2026. It's going to be a it's going to be a shock. It is. And and, and Brian, just when they go to 14 teams, if you incorporate bowls at every level except for the championship game, Mm. where you're going to need those six first round bowls, Mm. when when three plays 14 to in four plays 13. You're going to need four bowls in the elite when, when we get it down to eight, and then you're going to need two when we get it down to the semis. So you're going to need 12 of the existing bowls. Wow. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's crazy. You know Nashville with the new stadium will get in. Yeah. I feel It feels like Los Angeles with Stan Kroenke will mm-hmm. get involved. Vegas with where the Super Bowl just was. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Houston and the Texas Bowl will get involved with that stadium. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Florida sites, wow. uh, Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville. Absolutely. I mean, the, just look at the cities that are that are putting up new domes. San Antonio, Alamo Bowl. Ooh, that's a good one. Wow. I mean, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a weird next couple of years uh, in college football, which is all the changes that are coming. Well, that'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to our first break. When we come back, we'll talk more about what happened last night at FedEx Forum between Charlotte and Memphis. We'll do that next on Sports Time. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 a.m. And 98.5 FM, as well as around the world, online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our Family Leisure Studios. And uh, the Tigers, big winners last night over Charlotte, a 76-52 to victory over the 49ers. And now, after those two losses on the road to North Texas and SMU, they get back to their winning ways, and maybe this can start something. Maybe this gets the confidence back for them as uh, we get uh, kind of on this hometown stretch uh, of, you know, game, big game against FAU at home, and then a couple road games, but uh, home against UAB. It's a, it's a big stretch coming up for the Tigers. Yeah, and, and most of the game last night was without David Jones. Mm-hmm. He, he injured with only 10 points in 23 minutes of play. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be okay, but 
this this goes to show you you win and a lot of the nattering and a lot of the examination and the you know myopic examination of everything goes away. Yeah. Because really and truly, except for the Jones injury, how different was the lineup last night? I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And I was thinking about after that. all we heard. Yeah, I was thinking about that during the game. But they won. That played. covers it all up. Exactly. Exactly. I think you know it's it's a different story if you know we see the same exact guys and uh, and they lose. But you know they they win last night. I, mean, and- I, I just did it. I, I held Joe Joe Cooper the hero. Mm. Joe Cooper played nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the very end of the game. Yeah. So I mean it's but that's but, that's he, where we but he's the symbol of this. Kind of, well, I hope turn around. Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, but it's it's just a, a weird time that this Memphis program is at. That you know we are we are to that point where you know it's just gotten so bad that you know you you need some sort of symbol of of hope and and someone to bring in confidence mm-hmm. and uh, inspire. Yeah, and you know I just I never thought we would we would get to this point this season, but here we are, I guess. Maybe Tomlin's best game of the year, and then mm-hmm. and, and, you know Quinterly three of six from three point land, and, and, and very steady, and yeah. and just nothing to complain about a twenty two point win. No, no, absolutely not. You know, it's, it's hard to find anything to complain about. You know, you, you mentioned Naquan Tomlin with a really good game, Javon Quinterly with a good game. I thought Malco was really good down low. Um, you know, I, I think. You know, size was not uh, Charlotte's strength, even though they had some. You know, they had some pretty built guys down low. But you know, I thought Malco really looked good, even though you know finished with eight and nine. I thought you know pretty good. I was hoping he would get that tenth rebound. Uh, but a really, uh, a really good game from from pretty much everybody all, all around. A good game from the Tigers last night. Charlotte, it, not a team you would at all fear facing again in in Fort Worth. Uh, I don't know. You would? I, I think I would a little okay. bit. I think I would a little bit. I mean, just because I don't trust this Tiger team. I mean, and 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 you think Charlotte may have got their bad out of out of them? I I, I think so. I I think that. I mean, I've I haven't watched every game Charlotte's played. I've watched a lot, and I forgot. I think maybe it was the. I watched Charlotte last week or two. I don't weeks fear ago. any of these teams, Brian. No, I don't I mean, think I don't think you should. Um, and and, and I, I don't want to turn the Tigers win by twenty two into a negative segment. But this league and last night this league on display, what in the world was that at Bartow Arena? Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't get to see the game, uh, cause obviously I was at the, uh, the Tigers game, but no, I mean, it's, uh, you know. Andy Kennedy's having retina replacement today <laughs> from having to watch that game. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's been a weird year in the, uh, in the American, you know, it's, Teams that you know, I, I think a lot of team people expected, you know, weren't going to be good, are now in 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 first place. And you know, Rice, who we saw the the Tigers South Florida struggle scuffle Rice. with Texas yeah. San Antonio. It's just a, and, I mean, it's a and I'm going to look at this league. crowd. I I have not looked at the box score. I'm going to go whatever they say. Yeah. If they say it was ninety nine thousand there, yeah. I'm going with it. Crowd last night in San Antonio. One thousand five eighty. Well, that sounds about right. Um, it's a little off ninety nine thousand. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. No, it's um, fifteen eighty in attendance mm. at Texas San Antonio game. Mm. Yeah, no, it's uh, at the UTSA Convocation Center. Do, Who knew they do not pack a lot of people in uh, to their to their small gym? That is that is not what they do. Now, did you see at empty seats galore 
the picture of pregame of Incarnate Word <laughs> and the team they fought with, uh, uh, Texas A&M Commerce? Commerce. Uh, I did not. I, I, I mean, I was watching most of the game. There were not a lot of people there, but I did not get to see a, a crowd shot, no. During the anthem, that, and somebody took the picture, yeah. never knowing that what was going to transpire happened, we badly overestimated when I said 10 people there and one got hurt. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe seven. Yeah, no. Incarnate Word, not drawing a, a big crowd. No. <laughs> Tick, but hey, I mean. Tickets available, I mean, Incarnate Word. like uh, or a loss, I guess, to, you could, to see You could pitch a tent like at midcourt. Yeah, I mean, I, I say they're lost. The people that didn't that live there didn't go because you missed a massive melee like that. They did miss a Donnybrook. I and mean, we, we got the suspensions yesterday. It's uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys going to be missing time for those two teams. Today in the net, in the AAC, FAU is at 34. That's going to slide down just with who they're playing. And, and even play, playing Memphis twice will, will cause some slippage of their net. SMU at 38. Tonight it won't be any because it'd probably stay square right. with them facing each other tonight. North Texas 78, Memphis 82. USF 93, Charlotte 100, UAB 122, Tulane 134, Wichita State 156, ECU 164, Tulsa 202, Rice after winning last night 213, Temple 243, and Texas San Antonio at 286. And at 286, that means only 86 are behind you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, at least it's not 85 behind you, right, I guess. And our good buddies at Louisville, you know what they are? Uh, Brett, they were favored last night at home How? against Notre Dame. They were favored. I, I bet against them. I mean, anytime good Louisville is a favorite, I'm going to have to bet against them. You took your Daytona winnings and put it on that. Well, I did not have any Daytona winnings. So, oh, uh, we, oh we dang, made, We made up for our Daytona, our Daytona there losings. You go. With a win last night at Notre Dame. No, Louisville is, I mean, it's it's miserable up there. 2-11. Wow. wow. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, 2-11, U of L. Isn't that funny? <laughs> uh, who, who's Mr. Wright for Louisville? I have I have no idea. I really don't. I could give you Mr. Wright at several places, but I could not. I, I can't tell you at Louisville. I have no idea. The, I, I'm, I'm with you. I I, I We've kind of gone through a couple Mr. Rights for Louisville, haven't it we? It feels like. I mean, heck, I mean, Kenny Payne was the slam dunk hire when he was, that, that when was, he was hired. And and I still think that, you know, because a lot of people said he should have been fired in his first season, and I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and, you know, say, hey, let's, you know, see what he can do recruiting, what kind of talent he can bring in, and, and now just, I mean, miserably bad. So I, I don't know who Mr. Wright is, but we're about to see. I mean, the off season's not far away, and we'll see where, uh, where a lot of these openings get filled. But let's go ahead and uh, get to another break. When we come back, a little fun activity. We're going to do the top ten active college basketball coaches that have not won a title. We'll get to that next on Sports Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus.
Welcome back into Sports Time. Brian and Brett with you. We've talked a lot about the Tigers and their win over Charlotte last night. Really good win. Not much to, to nothing to complain about. Not much to say about. It. I mean, that's what we want to see from this Tiger team going forward. And I gave Texas San Antonio too much credit. <laughs> They're at two eighty six. Mm. 76 from the mm, bottom, mm, not 86. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Somebody's got to be at the bottom. There. Yeah, they, they do. They do. All right. The best coach to never win a major, kind of kind of the golf lingo. Yep. The current best coach in college basketball, but he hadn't won a title. Mm-hmm. We're not going back to yesteryear. We're not going to retired or our, our, our coaches that – are no longer with us. A lot of great coaches out there. I think this is the Eddie Sutton list, <laughs> in my opinion. He was just such a great yeah. coach to have never won. Bob Huggins sure would be up there mm-hmm. from yesteryear. Absolutely. But we're going with guys that are trying to get in this bracket this year. Okay, I like. It. I, I I I want you to go first. I want to hear where you went with this. All right, ten. You want to start at ten or at one? Whatever you want to do. All right, at ten, and it may be his last days of coaching. Leonard Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Nine, Shaka Smart, we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Eight, this year notwithstanding, Eric Musselman. Mm. Seven, Matt Painter. Okay. Six, Mick Cronin. Five, Chris Beard. Four, Rick Barnes. Three, Mark Few. Two, Kelvin Sampson. And number one is easy for me, Bruce Pearl. Mm, okay. So I omit Oates, Laranaga, McDermott, Dixon, Buzz Williams. All right, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, we have some similarities um, on ours, but uh, I'm going to go from 10 uh, up to 1. I've got McDermott at 10. I've got Sean Miller at 9. Leonard Hamilton at 8. Jamie Dixon at 7. Mick Cronin at 6. We had the same thing at 6. Shaka Smart at 5. I have Bruce Pearl at four, uh, Rick Barnes at three, Mark Few at two, and Kelvin Sampson at number one. Too soon for Beard? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, right outside the list, I'd say. Been to a final game, mm-hmm. been to a final two, yeah. and had it rolling in Texas before sure. off-the-court difficulty. So Kelvin Sampson, you're one, I had him mm-hmm. two. Yeah. I would be, I'd be so fine with him winning, and one oh, of the absolutely. biggest bogus things ever of him getting fired over text message, oh, yeah. over texting recruits. It wasn't even anything untoward. It was just outside a time period that you could make contact. Yeah, no, and I think you know what he's been able to do at Houston, and and you know to be able to continue just having dominant teams, elite teams. I mentioned the other day that um, Houston has been number one this year in Kimpom, like the entire season. Like even with Purdue doing what they've done, with UConn doing what they've done, um, that Houston's remained number one, and that is um, a, a big part because of of the culture that that Kelvin Sampson has built there. I had Mark Few three, you had him mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Just for the sake of debate. You think he could have done all that he's done at another job? Uh, or did he, he kind of catch a wheelhouse Good place, good time, good man for it. No, I think I think he could have done it um, at a, at a lot of different places. I think you know certainly benefited from uh, you know but getting he the Gonzaga job, right? It's just one place, but right, right, and 
I, I mean, Real I just, good. yeah, I just think what he has done and and the guys he's brought in and and being able to kind of build that culture there and and uh, you know get so far and I mean it seems like we can talk about all the time he's gotten to Final Four, Final Game, Elite Eight, and and just hasn't been able to punch that ticket. I, I think uh, certainly right up there, and I I can make the argument with myself uh, between him and Kelvin Sampson and and I think Rick Barnes of, of my number one. And the opposite of Mark Few is Rick Barnes. Yeah. He's won everywhere, uh, yeah, including absolutely. George Mason, Providence, Clemson, <laughs> Texas, and yeah. and Tennessee. But he hadn't won enough. He right. won Final Four at Texas, and with you know, had had Kevin Durant for a year. Sure, yeah, and I think you know, what, and didn't do much with him, right? And I think you know what what he just does, you know, schematically, and and you know who he is at a, as a coach. I mean. Um, I, I certainly had to have him in my top three. Uh, could make an argument of him getting higher, but like you said, just all the success he's had and just how strong of a coach he is. But you know, just still has never uh, been able to go super far in the tournament, and certainly not been able to win one. You had Shaka Smart at five. I had him at nine, so we both have him yeah. in the mix. We obviously we both think he's a really good coach, yeah. and really the kind of the 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 new life after Texas. Yeah. You know, doing at Marquette what they wanted him to do at Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and and it seemed like uh, it got out at the right time and, you know, still kind of had that – cachet and and success to to get a job like Marquette but things were getting you know awfully hot at Texas and a lot of people kind of thought that that was coming to an end and I think probably for both sides at the time was probably the smart move for him to go to Marquette and now what he's doing at Marquette um, has really um, done a great job with that program and then Texas you know they they go out hire Chris Beard Chris Beard does a a really good job and would probably still be there without all of the court stuff and, and certainly be rolling so I think for both sides that was the right move, but certainly Shaka, um, a, a unbelievable basketball coach. That Chris, uh, that that Rick Barnes won Final Four at Texas. That's the, that's the only one for Texas in anything resembling mm-hmm. the the modern era. And it it is for one way or the other, it has gotten some good coaches. Yeah. There, can, can you believe a coach left Ole Miss to go be coach at Texas at one time? <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Bob Relic did. Yeah, it, and, crazy. And, Ne- really never heard from him again. Well, he had he had a decent team or two where at UCF maybe hmm. he got in the tournament somewhere, but n- nothing real good. Uh, Tom Penders didn't work out at Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, they finally had to move on from Rick Barnes. Uh, I, I don't think the guy now is going to do anything. Yeah, no, I I don't think so. But we, we both had Nate Oates off the list mm-hmm. just too soon. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, Nato's was, was certainly, um, you know, one that I had in mind, you know, kind of right outside looking in. But, you know, I just, too many, too many good coaches in, in front of them, I think. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a lot of really good yeah. coaches. I mean, you have any of these guys coaching your program, you'd be proud of. Absolutely. 100%. And I think, uh, I think there's more that could go on there. I, there were a couple of, you know, kind of, Coaches that just haven't been there long enough that I, you know, thought about, but um, you know, I, I think some some really good coaches that could have been I, on this list. I said, you know, I, I think we'll all be fine if Kelvin Sampson won sure. it. Around here, you think this market can bear Bruce Pearl with nets around his <laughs> neck? Um, that's a really good question. I know they can't, Rick Barnes. I know they can't, Rick Barnes. Um, but Bruce Pearl. 
That's a really good question. I think there would still be a, a lot of people that hold resentment against him and uh, would, would he's not. He's a fun-loving like guy. He is. He's, he's one of the few showmen left in college mm. basketball, and we used to have a bunch. Yeah, yeah. No, I, but I love Bruce Pearl, and, and I told you I kind of forgave him when, when I saw him in, in Tiger gear. But, um, you know, I like him. I think he's a, a great coach, and I think we've both talked about, you know, what we think of him as a as a head coach. But, um, yeah, I, I think there would be a lot of people that would not be uh, big on him winning a national championship. Last weekend with the news of the passing of Lefty or Cell, mm-hmm. I mean, he was the consummate showman. Bobby Kremlin yeah. was showman. Dana, Coach Dana Kirk mm-hmm. was was here. Raleigh Massimino, Jimmy Valvano, Digger Phelps. I mean, we used to have a lot of real colorful showmen. Yeah. And Paul's a He's one of the few left sure. now. Sure, absolutely, and and you know, like Ed, you said, boy, everybody's so serious. That's why I didn't mind Musselman, you know, jumping naked last year when he stripped <laughs> his shirt off. Hey, you know, something that, uh, and and you know, obviously. ESPN and, and, you know, CBS Sports and, and Fox Sports, you know, they eat that stuff up. You know, they love showmen mm-hmm. and, and, and coaches that are going to be out there. And, and certainly Muscleman has shown that. Can't really show it much. Well, in the day, we didn't need um, Raleigh Massimino shirtless. No, no, no. That'd be a little like the baseball yeah, trousers. Yeah. That's just too much yeah, there. Yeah, just a little tomorrow. Oh, Brad, I've seen more pictures of the baseball trousers. No, it's bad. And it's, I mean, I saw one today. I, we talked about it yesterday, and I, I, you know, the few pictures I had seen wasn't much, but I saw a picture today. Somebody I was wearing black sliding shorts under it, um, and and you could see you could see everything yeah. in the sliding shorts. I mean, you could see a lot. So. I, don't, I don't I don't need to see it all. No, no, I do not. I don't need to see more than than you know I see with regular pants. That's I, it. I don't need to see anything more. And so, uh, but no, I thought really good list for both of us. Really fun exercise. Um, and you know, who's next? Who's next out of that? I think, and you know, we both said that we'd both be happy with Kelvin Sampson. And I think out of those names would probably be the. Most likely, coach Mark Few finally, year. but he's not winning yeah. this year. He's yeah. he's missed his shot. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be fun to see. You know, I'm going to keep this list handy and see if I can cross off any of these names uh, in the next couple of years. But we need to go ahead and get to a break. And when we come back, we're talking NBA with Keith Smith. 